Posse Posse Packer Nation. Welcome to another episode of Podcast, the podcast where you don't have to be back or Sam, but it sure does help. I'm your host, Tom Aaron Donald. Don't hurt me, Grassy. And today we're going to be previewing the epic showdown. Matthew Stafford returning to Lambeau Field as the Rams take on the Green Bay Packers. And with me today to break down the game, we got Jake. He's from the downtown Rams. He's got his own YouTube channel. You can check out my interview with him on his channel. Jake, welcome. How are we doing? Tom, thank you for having me. Uh, We're doing great. And I'm doing better now that I have heard that intro. That intro made my whole day. So thank you. I appreciate that. Usually just blows people's eardrums out. So it's always nice to hear when your ears aren't bleeding. Um, (laughs) First thing, Jake, the most important thing. Um... Preferred uh, auto insurance. Uh, trick question here, State Farm. Okay, good. I just wanted to make sure. Okay, okay. we were just uh, we were just going to make sure. Just because you're wearing red today too, and when I said Jake from Downtown Rams, I almost it almost came out as Jake from State Farm. No, and was I, like, and I was just like, and again, <laughs> I don't even have State Farm. I don't even use them. I use Geico. No, Sorry, I, State Farm, you're too expensive, yeah. but. <laughs> No, no, I, I hear you. I have progressive, so. I, <laughs> so you just told me what I wanted to hear. I like yeah, that. Oh, right. I, I knew, yeah, I knew. Perfect. Well, Jake, listen, we got a matchup uh, coming up, and I know you talked about this on your channel, and, uh, you know, it's, it's a game that, you know, both teams are, are kind of searching for that win because this is going to have implications for the seeding come January, where is a final week of November. And as we get into that December, January uh, long haul, that's where uh, these playoffs are going to come a little bit more in focus. So I kind of want to get just your perspective. You know, you guys make a big blockbuster trade uh, in the offseason, trading for Matthew Stafford, basically saying, what's a first round draft pick? Just we don't need any of those. What are your thoughts, you know, when you ship Jared Goff off? You know, obviously you've been a fan for a bit now, so you've seen, like, you you drafted Goff, you developed him, or at least attempted to, go to a Super Bowl with him, you ship him off, you bring in Matthew Stafford. Kind of what is the feelings uh, on that, you know, when you're going through that uh, transition? Yeah, you know, it's it's sad um, that it didn't work out with Jared Goff, but, I mean, I'll I'll be honest with you, I was a Wentz guy, so I wanted Wentz to begin with. Um, But, you know, Jared... He he worked his way, you know, started 2016, uh, seven games, looked like Troy Aikman. That's not a good thing. Uh, <laughs> Aikman's Aikman's rookie year, he, had, he went 0 and 7 as well. So, um, you know, then he comes back, he goes to the playoffs and then they lose in the wild card. And then the next year they go to the Super Bowl and you're thinking, OK, well, the next year after that would have to be a Super Bowl win. Right. Sure. And then 2019, uh, Vic Fangio. Thank you so much. And Bill <laughs> Belichick. Uh, laid out the blueprint on, hey, here's how you beat Sean McVay and Jared Goff. And yeah. everyone watched, listened, what have you. And he was not the same quarterback in 2019. And then 2020 showed some promise early on in the season. And then sure. it just kind of fell out. And, you know, it it was the big, the when the glass shattered and you knew, like it was no longer like, oh, get rid of Goff. He's a bum, you know, because yeah. everyone says that, right? There's all these, you know, you know, fans will be like, oh, get rid of Aaron Rodgers. Like, you know, it. Fans get really mad and they say things that they don't mean. Sure. Here's the thing, though. The Dolphins game last year in 2020, when the Rams held Tua Tagovailoa to under 100 total yards of offense, and they dominated the game, and Goff turned the ball over four times, they <laughs> lost by 11, that was the glass shatter and be like, I want to see yeah. John Wolford. 
he can't be this bad. There's no way. And then sure enough, McVay never had it in his mind. Like, you know, people started asking him the questions, which I love shout out to the media for kind of pushing it. And he was like, no, no, we weren't thinking about benching him later on the year. He gets hurt against Seattle. Wolford comes in for the Cardinals game week 17 to send them to the playoffs. I say it, but they already clinched because you guys, you know, beat the bears anyway. Um, (laughs) But you know, he plays a good game against the Cardinals after throwing a pick six on the first play. Um, And then they're excited to have him against Seattle. And in the wild card game, he looks good to start and then he gets concussed and he's out. And then all of a sudden, Oh, that quarterback controversy again. It's, you know, Jared Goff with nine fingers. Yep. And uh, he ends up playing pretty well. But Sean McVay was already like, I had seen enough. I had seen Wolford and his mobility and his ability to extend plays, his ability to work off script. And so then Matthew Stafford becomes available. There's all sorts of buzz about Rodgers becoming available (laughs) and Deshaun Watson. And, you know, I'm sitting there like, I just want Trey Lance to, and, you know, to probably keep Jerry. Like, I don't think that they're probably going to go out and get those guys. I know that they could, but I yeah. just didn't feel like it was going to happen. And then it started to feel real. And I was getting texts like, you know, this Stafford thing might happen. So get ready. And I was like, okay. Yeah. And uh, all of a sudden, you know, I'm, I'm live and they announced the thing. And I'll be honest with you. I, you know, I, I respect the hell out of the Packers. I've been a huge Stafford fan for years. Oh, I, I mean, love, Stafford. I, I love, Matthew Stafford. Aaron oh, Rodgers yeah. would say he loves Matthew Stafford. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, he's just a well-respected well player, well-liked. Uh, in I don't have to tell you, you've seen plenty of Lions games. He didn't yeah. really have everything around him. No. So it <laughs> felt like, yeah, it felt to me like him going to the Rams was not only like that was the final piece to the puzzle, mm-hmm. but the Rams could have won a Super Bowl with Jared Goff playing the way he was in 2018, 2017. Sure. This to me was like different. This was almost overkill. Like they didn't need, they didn't need Jared Goff from 2017, 18. They just need Jared Goff to stop turning the freaking ball over. Yeah. That's really what it came down to. So now that you're adding Stafford, you know, it felt different. And so, you know, a lot of Rams fans rallied around that. There's still plenty that say Goff is better. I don't ask. I, I'm, I have no answer. I have no answer. But there's still people that say that uh, Stafford is a game changer. And while he may have been struggling the last two weeks, um, I was told he has a back injury that he's been playing through, um, like a back injury that he probably shouldn't be playing through, to sure. be honest with you. Uh, Sounds like he, Matthew Stafford. Yeah. I mean, typical. And then um, the surgically repaired thumb, not making excuses for him, but to start the year, he hit his surgically repaired thumb that he got you know, surgically repaired in the off season. Yeah. He banged that up. So, I mean, this guy's just Matthew Stafford playing. He's like a car accident waiting to happen, but the only difference is he gets up and continues to drive. He's um, a tough son of a gun. Yeah, yeah, he really is. So that that's really what it comes down to. And there's no knock on Jared Goff's durability. He missed like one game, his entire time in one start yeah. where he was projected to start uh, with the Rams. I mean, he only missed one, you know, he was, he took hit after hit, but Stafford is just a different animal when, you know, working off schedule, working off script. And so to me, I think he's completely changed the Rams offense. And that's been both good and bad because I think Sean McVay has gotten way too like he's a kid in a candy store right now. He's like, I got Matthew Stafford. Sure. We're talking about last year. The Rams were a top 10 team in explosive plays and the explosive plays were yards after the catch because Jared yeah. Goff would just dink and dunk. It was yeah. a four or five yard, you know, out 
or it would be a slip screen or a bubble screen. And that was really it. You know, that's why Robert Woods and Cooper Cup were both leading the league in yards after the catch. Devontae Adams, not far behind them. Yeah. But that's the thing. And so you get Stafford and now all of a sudden Sean McVay is like, I got Stafford. This is Madden for me. I'm going to go deep down the field six times a game. I don't know how conducive that is to winning football when you go away from your original recipe. So Mm. it is amazing to have Stafford. He's already thrown more touchdowns than Jared Goff did all of last season. But, you know, we're starting to see, you know, Jared, like it's not Stafford's fault that he's so good. It's Sean McVay needing to be like, all right, chill a little bit. Mm. You're going away from the play action. His, you know, modified West Coast style offense has been very play action based. Yeah. Obviously, most West Coast style offenses are. Uh, but he's gone away from that. They're 27th in the league in, in play action right now. I'd like to see them get more into that. But Stafford is exactly what the doctor ordered. And, you know, that that's who they have at quarterback. And you have to feel good if you're a Rams fan. And maybe not, you know, the last two weeks. But, you know, I, I think things are obviously going to turn around for, you know, more of the the latter, the earlier portion of the season. Well, I think there's there's a lot to dissect there because I think the mentality is the Rams have kind of been held up as like this beacon of or this representation of being all in. I mean, they're they're tweeting oh, out, you know, gifts of it as well, like saying that they're all in. And, you know, you see it with Matthew Stafford and you're like, OK, like we're kind of mortgaging the future a little bit, you know, because like, you know, we're, we're selling off these first round picks, what have you. And then you bring in Von Miller. And then you break, which, which you got for like a decent price too. Like, you know, I don't think you were ripped off by any stretch of the imagination. You get Von Miller. Now you're signing Obel Beckham Jr. And like, is that the mentality that like this year, like truly is like a Super Bowl or bust? You know, is it that kind of the mentality as the season has gone on? Because you've said this too, like the defense, which is still good is not where it was last year, yeah. right? For a litany of reasons, whether it was because you had people leave, whether it was because of coaching leaving, what have you. And then on top of that, the offense, I think, has gotten an upgrade in certain areas, right? Especially a QB. I think that the downfield plays in terms of the long ball are definitely more apparent. Uh, the run game has kind of slowed down a little bit, you know, but also at the same time, you know, you lost your starting running back like before the season even started. So for you, like, is this uh, a season where it's, hey, we are going to like just put everything on the table. We're going all in and like, let's just do everything we possibly can. Screw the cap, screw the draft picks just to hoist a Lombardi at the end of the year. Yeah. I mean, what I think it comes down to is, you know, we're seeing the draft is, is kind of a crapshoot. I cover the NFL draft every year. I love it. I mean, it's unlike anything else. It's definitely way better than all the other drafts and, you know, <laughs> NHL and like better sure. than all of them. But the, the fact is this, you know, it's not necessarily you need more picks to, you know, make sure you hit on guys. It's at the success rate and the hit rate is not as high as going out and getting a Jalen Ramsey and going out mm. and getting a Stafford and going out and getting Brandon Cooks and, you know, Dante Fowler Jr. And uh, Yvonne Miller, like they want that, you know, and, and honestly, um, what they've been doing and they're not going to do it this time because Von Miller was a later trade. But what they've been doing actually is grabbing these guys and then getting compensatory picks for them. So it's mm-hmm. almost like, you know, a helping hand where, you know, then they get a third round pick for a guy they traded a second round to get. Not a bad, not a bad thing, you know. So they've been living and dying by it's the lease program. <laughs> yeah, they, they've been living and dying by the uh, the compensatory pick thing. Um, you know, they're going to get another one this year for the. Uh, the hiring, the the Lions, they hired a general manager 
uh, you know, who was originally, he was like the third in command for them, Brad Holmes. Yeah. Um, you know, they hired him. So they're getting another pick. They got a pick last year. They'll get a pick this upcoming season. And then on top of that, you're talking about compensatory picks for John Johnson, letting him go, which is always tough, you know, to let good players go like sure. Corey Littleton, John Johnson, uh, yeah. Troy Hill, very underrated player that doesn't get talked about enough. He's gone. So you let those players go. You get compensatory picks for them. There's, it's just a common thing. And, you know, it, it's one of those things where people like ask me all the time. Well, if they're doing this, why does everyone want to play in L.A. when it's like not really a family there? It's kind of like you're a transaction like, you know, like the Patriots. And I would say this, you know, they understand the business. I, yeah. I think that's the thing is. You know, all these, you know, players that I've talked to and, you know, prospects that I've talked to come in the league, they know the business. They're ready. You know, it's not and I'm not to say that there's never, you know, a time where they feel betrayed because that is I mean, it happens, right? We're sure. human. But for the most part, they're conditioned to be aware that their house that they're living in in L.A. might become a quick sell and they yeah. have to move to Green Bay or they might have to move to Florida or they might have to move to Michigan. I mean, that is a that's a, a real thing in the NFL. And yeah. it's one of those things you love the sport. You hate the business because it, it isn't a loyalty business. It, it's just not sure. Uh, so it's why guys like Todd Gurley and Jared Goff and Brandon Cooks. I mean, guys that they signed long term, guys that we thought would be cornerstone pieces sure. are now playing for three different teams. And, you know, Todd Gurley's playing for one team. So, you know, I think that's what it comes down to is that, you know, the Rams are kind of living and dying by, you know, really the way the NBA works. You know, they're just not afraid yes. to go out and make those moves. And it's not really about being all in for this year. They're all in every year. And I think really what it was this year, the reason they're getting the the talk about it is because Jared Goff isn't the quarterback. Mm -hmm. You know, they went out and got Stafford, and now all of a sudden it's, oh, well, they went out and got OBJ, and they got Von Miller. They yeah. got OBJ because Deshaun Jackson left. Correct. And, you know, they needed the depth. And then all of a sudden, Robert Woods, I was at a freaking Devils game, and I get this text, and everyone's like, Robert Woods out. And I'm like, what? Like, I thought <laughs> someone was pranking me, and he had this yeah. torn ACL that he apparently went all through practice without even realizing so that, I mean, that's a bummer. You know, he does so many great things. He and, does. Yeah. You know, I think that was also a big reason, you know, for the, the Niners loss, you know, not having him, the game plan completely altered two sure. days before it. Um, Not saying they would have beaten them. They haven't been able to be in the last five meetings, but <laughs> you know, uh, I just think, you know, what it comes down to is, you know, this is not just a, a one year thing. You know, they want to bring back Von Miller long-term. Mm -hmm. I am told over and over again, OBJ does not want to leave LA and the Rams have been eyeing OBJ for a while. Um, I remember the Rams wanted OBJ in 2018 over Brandon cooks. We didn't even know cooks was in the running. Yeah. Uh, they just realized that they weren't going to get a deal done with the giants because the giants were penalizing the Rams for being a better team than say the Browns. <laughs> so they, they like the Browns got a good offer and they actually, I thought won that deal. Um, it didn't work out in the end, but they won sure. the deal, in my opinion, based on how much they gave up. The Rams, they were like asking for Aaron Donald and Rob Havenstein, <laughs> and they were taking advantage of, oh, well, it's the Rams. So let's see if yeah. we can get Aaron Donald because they missed the point of you go out and you get an Odell Beckham Jr. and you get a Von Miller. You're not trying to, to get rid of a player to, you know, you're trying to add on. And that's the thing. And sure. that, that's why, you know, the win now stuff is always brought up. But 
No, Tom, I would say that, you know, this is a team that this is how they, they play. You know, this is how they play. How they've been operating. And yeah. uh, I would say, you know, Les Snead, while a big part of it, uh, he's definitely more inspired having Sean McVay as the head coach instead of Jeff Fisher. Well, I think also, too, is we talk about Sean McVay and, you know, a few years ago, especially when you're going on that Super Bowl run, everybody and their mother's talking about Sean McVay. Like, you know, if you cut Sean McVay's hair, like they wanted to hire you, hire you as like their next head coach or assistant coach. Um, and I think that I, I actually said this last week because McVay, what he was able to do with Jared Goff, because you see, and I think Dan Campbell's a very good coach. Like, you know, I think he's the right guy for Detroit, but you see how too. much that Jared Goff is struggling. And, you know, listen, I'm not putting it all on Jared Goff because there definitely is a lack of talent around him. But at the same time, you look at some of that stuff, like Dan Campbell just doesn't trust Jared Goff to throw the football. Like I haven't turned on the game today, but like I watched last week and I'm like, oh, they're running it on third and nine. They're running it on third and 10. Cause like, they're just like, we don't trust them. Not last week. I'm sorry. The week before that uh, with uh, against the Steelers. And And it's just, it was wild to me to watch this and how much he's struggling this year. And being like a lot of that, a lot of people are saying like, you know, it's strong, they hand holding, what have you. But I think that regardless of what he did with golf, it's like, that's a good coach putting players, you know, in the best position to succeed, regardless 100%. of who it is, you know, and, and with Stafford, he's used to slinging the ball around, not having a run game whatsoever, maybe having one to two receivers. And I mean, maybe on that sense. And like, that's what he's used to. So maybe that could explain kind of like why they're going away from the run, because, you know, Stafford really hasn't had a running back to rely on his entire career. You know, it's kind of like, hey, you know, we're going up against the Green Bay Packers. You know, we're just slinging it downfield and hoping for the best. Yeah. And, you know, I can't stress this enough, Tom, because people are like, you know, when Julio Jones became available and everyone's yeah. like Stafford wants Julio. I can actually confirm that Stafford wasn't the one that wanted Julio. The Rams wanted Julio. Mm -hmm. And that's how I knew. Like, I actually predicted Odell Beckham Jr. to go to the Rams before he even was released. I just had a feeling he would force himself there. Um, and I knew that because the Rams had already shown interest in getting Julio. The problem was they were going to have to trade either one or two of Woods and Jefferson. And that's just not. Yeah. Like, that wouldn't have been a good move. And plus, Julio was never healthy, as you're seeing this year. Correct. So, you know, it would have been just disastrous. So, to get Odell for nothing, you know. And then potentially get him next year and to get Von Miller next year. Like, I think this is this is the right way. But when you're talking about Jared Goff, you know, this is somebody that, again, I talked about, you know, the toughness. They love that about him. And that's the thing is that the reason it took so long for him to get replaced is he doesn't get hurt. And that's a good yeah. thing. You know, I don't want him to yeah. get hurt. Um, but, he, and he, you know, he played through that that dislocated uh thumb i mean i don't even know how he was playing through that they lost yeah. against seattle but you know he stuck it out you know and did that and relocated it in the middle of a play which was ridiculous but <laughs> you know he he has a lot of toughness and it's the arm talent with golf you know it's really he doesn't have anything like missing as far as an average starter in the league sure it's the fact is he doesn't go through his progressions quickly enough he doesn't have the wherewithal in the pocket. So if you don't have a really good left tackle, good night. Mm -hmm. And that I think is a big thing for the Lions is that Taylor Decker's been on and off with health all year. Not having that, you know, having a rookie there, regardless if it's Penny Sewell or not, Jared Goff is just not as comfortable besides having like Whitworth, you know, sure. uh, at left tackle. So, you know, I think that's what it really comes down. Obviously the weapons, but 
you know, McVay did put him in position to succeed. I would also say there are times where, you know, McVay isn't really doing it this year with Stafford because it's Stafford, but everyone knows, and I'm sure you heard many times because Chris Sims brought it up and then everyone would not stop talking about it was Sean McVay talks into Jared Goff's ear and it's like he does like, but most <laughs> teams in the league do that. I don't know why yeah. like, Goff was like, oh, well, he's the only one, you know, but I do think he overdid it. Like, I think Sean McVay knew his limitations when he realized in 2019, okay, he hit his ceiling in 2018. He's not going to get to that level. Something, you know, either, you know, clicked in his head. Like, he's not good enough to get to that level. Yeah. And so, you know, I think he overdid it with, you know, making the calls, you know, in the helmet. You know, I think he overdid because he would give him all sorts of things to go through. And I know it sounds crazy, but I really feel like that's when the struggles became just average to good like quarterback into like average to bad and, well, and that's when i noticed that well i think it's a little bit of like if you are you know just to kind of give an analogy here yeah like if you are basically having training wheels like the entire time right and in the training wheels in this sense would be sean mcveigh you know like yeah he's riding the bike but when things start to go wrong and you don't know how to ride it like you know and people are yeah. figuring out that you're on training wheels that's going to be a problem, you know, because oh, yeah. if, if there's no able to adjust, there's no way to get away from that and like uh, evolve. Yeah. Then like they just need to figure out McVeigh and they're going to figure you out. And then like, you know, that's going to be a huge issue. And I think, you know, I think Sean McVeigh is a very good coach. You know, I, I think that I, I think he just deserves credit because, you know, whether or not he did it too much, I think the fact that you're able to take a guy like Jared Goff to the Super Bowl you yeah. know, and put him in those positions, I think is a testament to his coaching ability. Um, and I, I think like that it's just so interesting because it's one of the most interesting things I love to think about is about like QBs, you know, where they end up and like if that like that makes or breaks their career. I mean, like you look 100%. at like a Mac Jones, for example, like a Mac Jones who's doing well in New England. You know, you put him on the Jaguars. I don't know if he's doing well. You put him on the no. Jets. I don't know if he's doing well. You know, maybe in San Francisco, you know, he's able to find some success, but I think that's just, you know, that's just good coaching because you're absolutely you're allowing your players to succeed. No, I, I definitely agree with you there. And I would say this, you know, I think there were times where, you know, Jared Goff, you know, he did have to make big time throws and he made them you yeah. know, down the stretch. And, you know, I, I do think it, it's, it's a fine line between being real and like calling it like it is and kind of going overboard and kind of hating and I feel like, you know, the Rams fans in general just haven't figured out how to deal with something like this because, sure. you know, it's kind of the whole thing with Sam Bradford. You know, everyone kind of loathed Bradford because he didn't, you know, actually work out. But if you really look at it, he wasn't that bad of a quarterback. And there were times where he was a better thrower of the football than Goff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, everyone forgets the one year he was second in passing. And the reason everyone forgets about it, he tore his ACL against the Carolina Panthers when they were about, I think, five and four or five and five. Like they were probably the best they had been under Jeff Fisher. Mm -hmm. And Sam Bradford tears his ACL. The offense was buzzing. And on top of that, he was second in passing. The reason no one talked about him is because that was your Peyton Manning had 55 touchdowns. <laughs> so, you know, he actually was having yeah. a pretty good season and he tears his ACL and then tears it again. In a, you know, they paid Jake Long $8 million. Keep in mind, at the time, $8 million for a tackle was like, whoa. And they paid Jake Long a lot of money and he gave up a, you know, a sack that ended up tearing uh, Bradford's ACL the next year in 
preseason against a third string rusher. So after yeah. that, it was like they trade him for Nick Foles and all these Rams fans are trying to tell Nick Foles. And all I was doing is when I heard Les Snead say it was either Nick Foles in a second or Bradford in a first, I was like, you chose Nick Foles <laughs> yeah. in a second over a first round pick. Like, are you out of your mind? Yeah. And so, you know, that that's a whole different story. But I just kind of my point is that, you know, with, with Jared Goff, like the Rams fans really haven't kind of adjusted to it. It's almost like they're kind of clowning on him. And for me, sure. I like I'm rooting for him in this game. Like, I hope he beats the Bears and I hope, you know, <laughs> I know you don't because you want Nagy to stay and not get right. fired. And if he loses to the team that hasn't won yet, that's probably a, it's probably the end of the, the end of days for him. But, you know, I, I like Goff. He's a good dude. Did a lot of community work around L.A. and area. Uh, sure. He's a likable guy, but he wasn't what Stafford is and and that's really what it comes down to Stafford is a massive yeah. upgrade and anyone that doesn't think that's the case is just kidding themselves <laughs> well I think you know looking ahead to this season what a lot of people thought was that the NFC West was going to be the most talented division in football right in which yeah. you had the Seahawks who are going to be buzzing around 49ers they're going to be all healthy again right and yeah. then you're gonna have the Rams and then you're gonna have the Cardinals who you know people were like okay like maybe they'll do all right what have you and then what's happened is like the Cardinals have gone on like this stretch and then the Rams you know are, are fighting there for second place and you know being in this division where the 49ers are still going to play you tough you know the Seahawks are still going to be able to play you tough um, you know, how important does it come down to like this Sunday against an NFC opponent? Because I would assume, cause you still have a date with the Cardinals, like a first round buy and a, a first seat is still like, you know, on yeah. the horizon for you guys. Well, you, it, at this point you have to go 14 and three to get the first round buy. I think, I think that's what it comes down to, um, in the NFC AFC mm -hmm. is just, everybody beats the hell out of each other. AFC is, yeah, we don't, we don't care about the AFC. Yeah. They're not as good. I mean, that's what it comes <laughs> I, they have a lot of depth. Okay, they do. They do. But, you know, we're talking top heavy teams. No. Yes. So, you know, I think NFC is a different ball game. I think NFC, you know, you're talking three losses and you're in. I think, you know, well, you might be in. There might be three teams with three losses. My point is you lose this game and you can kiss the number one seed goodbye, in my opinion, yeah. because now the Cardinals have to lose two or three more. I mean, I just I don't it see that tough. happening. And plus, you have to beat them. And the Cardinals yeah. are way better than I expected. I will say this. I've always thought, not always, but this year, I don't know why. I thought the NFC West was overrated. I really did. Mm -hmm. I thought the Rams were like my Super Bowl favorite. I don't normally pick them to win a Super Bowl. Felt like this team was different. I felt like Arizona was going to make the playoffs. They were a good team, probably around, you know, the 11 and 6, 10, 7, you know. I looked at Seattle and I was like, this team is not very good at all. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and they've been doing this for years. They've been fooling people over and over again. Cause Russell <laughs> Wilson is just the cockroach. He just won't die. And sure. it goes back to, you know, Matt Hasselbeck. I mean, the Seahawks haven't really had ton, tons of great rosters. They had that stretch with the Legion of boom, which gave them the, uh, the reputation that they do. But in reality, the way they build their rosters is very odd. And looking at this team, you know, I mean, this is what happens when you draft running backs in the first round and don't use them. Uh, mm. over, you know, getting actual, you know, needs, you know, it, like their linebacker group, like Bobby Wagner's great, you know, but he's getting older, you know, they're, they spent all of that capital to go out and get Jamal Adams, who is a glorified yeah. edge defender. Um, you know, I just, 
I don't know what they're doing. And now Russell Wilson isn't, he's starting to struggle. So it's like, yeah. if he doesn't get back into the swing of things, which he could, but if he doesn't, you know, they're three and seven right now. I mean, it, they, you have to imagine they lose another game. They're completely done. Yeah. You know, and then you talk about the Niners, the Niners, they're one of those, like if they played the way they play against the Rams every week, they would win the Super Bowl. But the, the sure. fact, the fact of the matter is that they're very inconsistent. Yeah. So really, I look at this as a two team race. I'm not ruling out the Niners to sneak into the playoffs and, you know, do some damage. That's not a team you want to see in, you know, seventh uh, seed, you know, yeah. as a two seed, but you could. And, you know, I, I think those two teams, the, the Rams and Cardinals are top, but, you know, going to your point, they absolutely, this is a must win. Um, losing three straight as well. You know, we talk about Sean McVay panicking in the game on, on my show earlier. You know, Sean McVay panics when they lose three straight. Yeah. You know, that's that's going to happen. And I, I mean, I don't want to see what ends up happening. I understand they'd have Jacksonville next, but think about this. <laughs> Jacksonville, you know, they, they beat the Bills. They did beat the so Bills. What, what if you went in, you got all, you know, high and mighty, you're back at SoFi, and you lose to Jacksonville? Your season's done. You've lost four straight. Then you have Arizona. I mean, sure. how are you coming back from that? So yeah. it's one of those weird things where if, you know, they could theoretically lose this game and their season could be over in, in the sense of, yeah, they'll still probably make the playoffs because I just, you know, like we've talked about, the depth just isn't there in the NFC. But, you know, to have to, like, to win a Super Bowl, you really need that. I mean, I understand the first year, the, the seven seed, you know, seven seeds, they use that new playoff format and you get a five seed that goes through the gauntlet, you know, and Tom Brady and the, the Bucks. But sure. that's not going to be a common occurrence. It's no. just not. He went up against, uh, you know, uh, what's his face? The quarterback for Washington. Oh, Heineke. Uh, Heineke. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Heineke even played well, but he went up against, you know, Heineke, you know, and then. He, he went up against uh, the Saints with yep. Drew Brees, who was pretty much retired. Like While he was playing, he looked like he was just on his way out. And then, I, I don't know how, but Brady was somehow able to throw three interceptions and beat the Packers. That just It's called a good defense, that's why. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it, I mean, I guess that's what happens when you're the GOAT. You just magically win games when you throw three interceptions. That's but, it. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, that's my point, is that that five seed, that's not happening every year. So the Rams really the recipe and the Packers is to get that number one seed, avoid playing those three games to get to the Super Bowl. It's a lot easier when you only have to play two. Very true. And so, you know, I, that's kind of how I'm looking at it. And I do think, you know, anybody that is serious about the Super Bowl, as long as you're not like a participation trophy person, and you shouldn't be if you like the Rams, and the Packers at this point, <laughs> but you know, you have to win this game on both sides. If you want to get that number one seed. So, I think it's it's imperative for both sides, but I definitely think you know a tougher division than obviously the one the Packers are in um, definitely does have some impact as well. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. And you know, we talk about kind of like the Packers have been through so much adversity already and finding ways to win. And I think that that is like how you build a Super Bowl team. Um, I think it's just a matter of now as we start to get into December, it's all about seeding and just trying to find the path of least resistance to that Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, and Sunday is a big deal. So I, mean, I know we did like score predictions, and everything on your channel. I just kind of wanted to go through just um, for viewers here. Kind of like, what do you think the Rams have to do well in order to secure the win on Sunday? 
Well, you know, the Packers get off to slow starts. Everyone that watches the Packers know this. So the Rams have to get off to a quicker start. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. If the Rams can get off to a quick start, then Sean McVay is less likely to uh, panic. You're not going to panic when you're leading by seven or 14 or 10 or, you know, you're not. But sure, you are going to panic if you're down in the second half. And Sean McVay has about six second half wins in his entire career. He's like six and 30 something like it's bad. Yeah. Like, so everyone talks about, oh, he's undefeated. He's 43 and 0 at halftime. Sure. But <laughs> after half. <laughs> yeah. Like, if he is not leading at halftime, yeah. he's like six and whatever, you know? So it's not very good. They don't want to be in that position. They have game breakers on their defense that can take them out of that position. But to kind of lean on an interception on Aaron Rodgers of all quarterbacks is kind of ridiculous. And on top of it, you know, this is a a coordinator or former coordinator and head coach play caller that just will abandon the run. So, you know, it always kind of leaves teams open. I mean, you could go back and look at the Houston game. Sure. The Rams absolutely dominated. They're up like 38, nothing. Houston scored 22 unanswered to close out the game. They don't finish games. So that's a big concern of mine going into this one is that they could be, you know, if they are leading, they could let Green Bay back into it by playing that really stupid uh, <laughs> shell coverage where you're, yeah. you know, I, I don't like that. So Rodgers will pick that apart all day as well. So I think the the Packers have every sort of, I mean, it does not matter who's hurt. They still have so many weapons that can beat you. Sure. MBS is an equalizer. That's what I call, you know, guys that can go over the top like that. Equalizer. Oh, you just had a template drive? Well, we just nullified that. In one play, you yeah. know, having those guys is imperative. The Rams have one in Odell. The Rams have one in Van. The, the Rams have one in Cup. I mean, sure, it, it's important to have those guys. And, you know, I think that's really what it comes down to. The Rams have to start off uh, fast. They have to get off to a lead. Yeah. They have to carry that in at halftime. Um, I don't know who's going to win the coin toss. The Rams <laughs> were really good at it. All of a sudden now they suck at it. Um, I, I don't know how, what constitutes sucking at a coin toss, but, but uh, they are. <laughs> yeah, but they, they, yeah, they just suck at it right now. Um, but in the, the second half though, I don't know if, you know, are they going to defer? Are they going to get the ball? Are they not like that? I can't tell you, but I can say that, you know, this team needs to have some sort of an adjustment because that defense that came out against, the Niners on Monday Night Football, if that comes out against, you know, freaking Aaron Rodgers, it's going to be a bloodbath because, I mean, you look at it last week or two weeks ago, uh, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo had the most dink and dunk performance I've yes. ever seen. Yes. I mean, it was like that guy that is on, you know, you have a group project in college and you have a bunch of these people with 4.0 GPAs and you have like a one and you're about to drop out, but you're on that team. So you don't have to do anything because you know, they're going to do all the work. That's literally Jimmy Garoppolo in that game. Like he didn't have to do a thing. Yeah. He just would, you know, guy was open, just hit him. Um, but Rogers isn't that type of quarterback. Like he doesn't need to dink and dunk. He can make any throw on the field. He can extend plays. He can blow them up if they want to keep, you know, playing that far off. And they say they get some good coverage downfield. Rodgers will scamper for 12 yards, pick up the first down. So, you know, they're a team that, you know, they can get beaten just off the fact that they're trying not to get beat. So they're playing this bend, don't break. If you don't think Rodgers can break your bend, don't break defense, I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) Like I said, I do think the Rams win this game, but the big big way they're going to do it is getting off to a quick start and hopefully realizing that 
playing that bend, don't break defense. You could play it, but they're playing too far off guys on third and 18. Yeah. You know, any Rams fan is sitting there like, Oh, they're going to give up 19. Yeah. Know it. Like it, that shouldn't be the case. And so right. and it is. So we'll see if they make adjustments, but that's a key there. And then seeing, you know, Odell Beckham jr. If he can get things going as well. Cause I mean, he's a game breaker in his self, you know, sure. when that guy gets the ball in open space, he's lethal. And I don't know if they'll use him in the return game at all, but it will be another dynamic and, you know, we'll see, but definitely getting off to a fast start is imperative for the Rams in this one. Yeah. I think either way, like it's, it's going to be interesting to see because there's a lot of similarities between the teams kind of just where the first mistakes are going to be made. And like, yeah. you know, I think it's a matter of we start slow. You know, if you start slow, it might just come down to like the second half just being like an all out shootout. But yeah. either way, buddy, it is going to be a fun game. And uh, there's a reason why it's America's game of the week. But uh, Jake, I really appreciate you coming on and uh, talking some Rams with me. Uh, can you please tell the people where they can find you and all the things that you do? Absolutely. You can find me at JK Bogan on Twitter. You can find me uh, just look up Jake Allen Bogan on YouTube. I'll pop up. It's the 85% Rams, whatever channel. I don't even know what I put, but that's what it is. <laughs> um, and you can also find my stuff downtown Rams as well. I write for the game day NFL. So I have, uh, I think I've written about the Packers before. So <laughs> just, just throwing it out there. I'm not, you, you know, just Rams. Um, and I do really respect your team. So you're not, you're not on my hate list. You're far from it. If I had to pick a team in the NFC, it's probably the Packers when they're not playing the Rams. Not going to lie. Nailed it. But uh, yeah, I appreciate you having me, Tom. It's It's been a pleasure. And, you know, may the best team win. And regardless, if, if the Rams do not win, bring home the number one seed. We're going to try to. We're going we're gonna to try to, buddy. Jake, <laughs> I appreciate it. Folks, thank you so much for watching. I'm Tom Grassley. And as always... Go back, go.